<clears throat> Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, <clears throat> welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios of the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. And we are blessed today with an illustrious guests. We have Dolmore Prabhu, the Temple President of London, is gracing our humble abode, our little ashram. We have our landlord, the Prince of Hyatt. Of course, he's not here that much anymore, but still, Radharaman Prabhu. And Raj Balaba, our guest, who's leaving tomorrow to go back to California. Uh, it's been a delight to have him, and we hope he comes more often for longer. And of course, the most trusted assistant I've ever had in my life, Abhayad Dasramachari. Uh, so we're here together to vibrate some transcendental sound. Yeah, help purify the atmosphere of this world which is going around the bend. No, no, it's already around the bend. It's on the other side of the bend. <laughs> Uh, we hope you're all well and safe and as happy as possible uh, in these troubled times. Srimad uh, Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam and explains just how important it is for us to hear. It goes like this Sarva Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwanduditaditya. Shri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees O Master Srimad Bhagavatam You are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali You are the exact image of Shri Krishna Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin, madguro manvahadana, manistadagamad bhagya, madanandanamostute. My only friend my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu, sadhu tadayin, atini chuchatakada, hanamunchagadachin mam, premna ritkantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we've reached the eighth chapter of the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. <clears throat> Dhruva Maharaj leaves home for the forest. Well, he's, he's there and he's met Narada Muni. And Narada Muni told him, better you go home, you're only five years old, you can do this later on. Only special people can do this. But he was just testing him. 
the duty of the spiritual master to test the prospective disciple. So Dhruva Maharaj said, I'm sorry. You know, I'm born a Chhatriya in pure passion. And I'm so attached to uh, get a kingdom greater than my father and grandfather. His grandfather is Brahma. A great-grandfather. So, so this is an impossible thing. And he said, so I can't hear you, what you're saying. But if you could just please tell me how I can do this. So he passed the test. And now Nadi Muni has spoken to him. And we start with text 54. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Yes, thank you. Mantrina Nena Devasya Kuryad Dravyamai Puda Dravyamayim Puda Saparyam Vividayar Dravyayar Deshakala Vibhagavit Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. This is the twelve-syllable mantra for worshipping Lord Krishna. One should install the physical forms of the Lord, and with the chanting of the mantra, one should offer flowers and fruits and other varieties of foodstuffs, exactly according to the rules and regulations prescribed by authorities. But this should be done in consideration of place, time, and attendant conveniences and inconveniences. Purport. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya is known as the Dvadasha Chara Mantra. This mantra is chanted by Vaishnava devotees and it begins with Pranava or Omkara. There is an injunction that those who are not brahmanas cannot pronounce the Pranava mantra. But Dhruva Maharaj was born a Chatriya. He at once admitted before Narada Muni that as a Chatriya he was unable to accept Narada's instruction of renunciation and mental equilibrium which are the concern of a Brahmana. Still, although not a Brahmana but a Chatriya, Dhruva was allowed on the authority of Narada to pronounce the Pranava Omkara. This is very significant. Especially in India, the caste Brahmanas object greatly when persons from other castes who are not born in Brahmana families recite this Pranava mantra. But here is tacit proof that if a person accepts the Vaishnava mantra or Vaishnava way of worshipping the deity, he is allowed to chant the Pranava mantra. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord personally accepts that, that anyone, even one of a low species, can be elevated to the highest position and go back home, back to Godhead, simply if he worships properly. The prescribed rules, as stated here by Narada Muni, are that one should accept the mantra through a bona fide spiritual master and hear the mantra in the right ear. Not only should one chant or murmur the mantra, but in front of him he must have the deity or physical form of the Lord. Of course, when the Lord appears, it is no longer a physical form. For example, when an iron rod is made red hot in a fire, it is no longer iron, it is fire. Similarly, when we make, when we make a form of the Lord, whether of wood or stone or metal or jewels or paint, or even a form within the mind, it is a bona fide, spiritual, transcendental form of the Lord 
Not only one must receive the mantra, not only must one receive the mantra from a bona fide spiritual master like Narada Muni or his representative in the disciplic succession, but one must chant the mantra. And not only must one chant, but he should also offer whatever foodstuff is available in his part of the world according to time and convenience. The method of worship, chanting the mantra and preparing the forms of the Lord is not stereotyped, nor is it exactly the same everywhere. It is specifically mentioned in this verse that one should take consideration of the time, place and available conveniences. Our Krishna consciousness movement is going on throughout the entire world and we also install deities in different centers. Sometimes our Indian friends, puffed up with concocted notions, criticize. This, is not, this has not been done. That has not been done. But they forget this instruction of Narada Muni to one of the greatest Vaishnavas, Dhruva Maharaj. One has to consider, consider the particular time, country, and conveniences. What is convenient in India may not be convenient in the Western countries. Those who are not actually in the line of acharyas or who personally have no knowledge of how to act in the role of an acharya unnecessarily criticize the activities of the ISKCON movement in countries outside of India. The fact is that such critics cannot do anything personally to spread Krishna consciousness. If someone does go and preach, taking all risks and allowing all considerations for time and place, it might be that there are changes in the matter of worship, in the manner of worship. But that is, that, but that is not at all faulty according to Shastra. Srimad Viragava Acharya, Viraragava Acharya, an Acharya in the disciplic succession of the Ramanuja Sampradaya, has marked in his comment, remarked in his commentary that Chandalas or conditioned souls who were born in lower than Shudra families can also be initiated according to circumstances. The formalities may be slightly changed here and there to make them Vaishnava. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recommends that his name should be heard in every nook and corner of the world. How is this possible unless one preaches everywhere? The cult of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Bhagavad Dharma and he especially recommends Krishna Katha or the cult of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. He recommends that every Indian, considering this task to be para-upakar or welfare activity, take the Lord's message to other residents of the world. Other, res other residents of the world does not refer only to those who are exactly like the Indian Brahmanas and Kshatriyas or like the caste Brahmanas who claim to be Brahmanas because they were born in the families of Brahmanas. The principle that only Indians and Hindus should be brought into the Vaishnava cult is a mistaken idea. There should be propaganda to bring everyone to the Vaishnava cult. The Krishna consciousness movement is meant for this purpose. There is no bar to propagating the Krishna consciousness movement even among people who were born in Chandala, Mlecha, or Yavana families. Even in India, this point has been enunciated by Srila Sanatan Goswami in his book, Hari Bhakti Vilas, which is Smriti and is the authorized Vedic guide for Vaishnavas in their daily behavior. Sanatan Goswami says that as bell metal can turn to gold when mixed with mercury in a chemical process, 
So, by the bona fide diksha, or initiation method, anyone can become a Vaishnava. One should take initiation from a bona fide spiritual master coming in the disciplic succession, who was authorized by his predecessor spiritual master. This is called Diksha Vidan. Lord Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita, Vyapashutya, one should accept a spiritual master. By this process, the entire world can be converted to Krishna consciousness. Text 55 <clears throat> One should worship the Lord by offering pure water, pure flower, garlands, pure flower garlands, fruits, flowers, and vegetables which are available in the forest or by collecting newly grown grasses, small buds of flowers, or even the skins of trees, and if possible, by offering tulsi leaves, which are very dear to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Report. It is specifically mentioned herein that the tulsi leaves are very dear to the Supreme Personality of Godhead and devotees should take particular care to have tulsi, tulsi leaves in every temple and center of worship. In the Western countries, while engaged in propagating the Krishna consciousness movement, we were brought great unhappiness because we could not find tulsi leaves. We are very much obliged, therefore, to our disciple, Shimati Govindadasi, because she has taken much care to grow tulsi plants from seeds and she has been successful by the grace of Krishna. Now tulsi plants are growing in almost every center of our movement. Tulsi leaves are very important in the method of worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In this verse the word salilai means by the water. Of course, Dhruva Maharaj was wor worshipping on the bank of the Yamuna. The Yamuna and the Ganges are sacred and sometimes devotees in India insist that the deity must be worshipped with the water of the Ganges or Yamuna. But here we understand Desha Kala to mean according to time and country. In the western countries there is no river Yamuna or Ganges. Water from such sacred river, rivers is not available. But it must be very clear. Does this mean that the archa worship should be for that reason should for that reason be stopped? No. Shalilai refers to any water, whatever is available. But it must be very clear and collected purely. That water can be used. The other, the other paraphernalia, such as flower garlands, fruits and vegetables, should be collected according to the country and according to their availability. Tulsi leaves are very important for satisfying the Lord. So as far as possible, an arrangement should be made for growing tulsi leaves. Dhruva Maharaj was advised to worship the Lord with the fruits and flowers available in the forest. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna frankly says that he accepts vegetables, fruits, flowers, and so on. One should not offer Lord Vasudev anything other than what is prescribed herein by the great authority, Narada Muni. One cannot offer to the deity according to one's whims, since these fruits and vegetables are available anywhere in the universe, we should observe this small point very attentively. Text 56 It is possible to worship a form of your Lord made of physical elements, such as earth, water, pulp, wood, and metal. In the forest, one can make a form with no more than earth and water and worship him according to the above principles. 
A devotee who has full control over his self should be very sober and peaceful and must be satisfied simply with eating whatever fruits and vegetables are available in the forest. Purport It is essential for a devotee to worship the form of the Lord and not only meditate upon the form within his mind with the chanting of the mantra given by the spiritual master. The worship of the form must be present. The impersonalist takes unnecessary trouble to meditate upon or worship something impersonal and the path is very precarious. We are not advised to follow the impersonalist way of meditating on or worshipping the Lord. Dhruva Maharaj was advised to worship a form made of earth <coughs> and water because in the jungle, if it is not possible to have a form made of metal, wood or stone, the best process is to take earth mixed with water and make a form of the Lord and worship Him. The devotee should not be anxious about cooking food. Whatever is available in the forest or in the city among the fruit and vegetable groups should be offered to the deity. And the devotee should be satisfied eating that. He should not be anxious to have very palatable dishes. Of course, wherever it is possible, one should offer the deities the best foodstuffs prepared within the categories of fruits and vegetables, cooked or uncooked. The important factor is that the devotee should be regulated, mitta book. That is one of the good qualifications of a devotee. One, he should not hanker to satisfy the tongue with a particular kind of foodstuff. He should be satisfied to eat whatever prasad is available by the grace of the Lord. 57. <clears throat> My dear Dhruva, besides worshipping the deity and chanting the mantra three times a day, you should meditate upon the transcendental activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His different incarnations as exhibited by His Supreme Will and personal potencies. Purport Devotional service comprises nine prescribed practices hearing, chanting, remembering, worshipping, serving, offering everything to the deity, and so on. Here, Dhruva Maharaj is advised not only to meditate on the form of the Lord, but to think of his transcendental pastimes in his different incarnations. Mayavadi philosophers take the incarnation of the Lord to be in the same category as the ordinary living entity. This is a great mistake. The incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is not forced to act by the material laws of nature. The word cha is used here to indicate that he appears out of his supreme will. The conditioned soul is forced to accept a particular type of body according to his karma given by the laws of material nature under the direction of the Supreme Lord. But when the Lord appears, he is not forced by the dictation of material nature. He appears as he likes by his own internal potency. That is the difference. The conditioned soul accepts a particular type of body, such as the body of a hog, by his work and by the superior authority of material nature. But when Lord Krishna appears in the incarnation of a boar, he is not the same kind of hog as an ordinary animal. Krishna appears as Varaha avatar in an expansive feature which cannot be compared to an ordinary hog's. His appearance and disappearance 
are inconceivable to us. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is clearly said that he appears by his own internal potency for the protection of the devotees and the annihilation of the non-devotees. The devotee should, should always consider that Krishna does not appear as an ordinary human being or ordinary beast. His appearance as Varaha Murti or a horse or tortoise is, a, is an exhibition of his internal potency. In the Brahma Sangita, it is said, Ananda Chinmayarasa Pratibhavita Bihi. One should not mistake the appearance of the Lord as a human being or a beast to be the same as the birth of an ordinary conditioned soul who is forced to appear by the laws of nature, whether as an animal, as a human being, or as a demigod. This kind of thinking is offensive. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has condemned the Mayavadis as offensive to the Supreme Personality of Godhead because of their thinking that the Lord and the conditioned living entities are one and the same. Narada advises Dhruva to meditate on the pastimes of the Lord, which are as good as the meditation of concentrating one's mind on the form of the Lord. As meditation on any form of the Lord is valuable, so is chanting of different names of the Lord, such as Hari, Govinda, and Narayana. But in this age, we are especially advised to chant the Hare Krishna mantra as enunciated in the Shastra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Text 58. <clears throat> One should follow in the footsteps of previous devotees regarding how to worship the Supreme Lord with the prescribed paraphernalia. Or one should offer worship within the heart by reciting the mantra to the Supreme to the Personality of Godhead who is non-different from the mantra. Purport. It is recommended here that even if one cannot arrange to worship the forms of the Lord with all recommended paraphernalia. One can simply think about the form of the Lord and mentally offer everything recommended in the Shastras, including flowers, chandan pulp, conch shell, umbrella, fan, and chamara. One can meditate upon offering and chant the twelve-syllable mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Since the mantra and the Supreme Personality of Godhead are non-different, one can worship the form of the Lord with the mantra in the absence of physical paraphernalia. The story of the Brahmana who worshipped the Lord within his mind as related in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu or the Nectar of Devotion should be consulted in this connection. If paraphernalia is not present physically, one can think of the items and offer them to the deity by chanting the mantra. Such are the liberal and potent facilities in the process of devotional service. Text 59 and 60 Anyone who thus engages in the devotional service of the Lord seriously and sincerely with his mind, words, and body, and who is fixed in the activities of the prescribed devotional methods, is blessed by the Lord according to his desire. If a devotee desires material religiosity, economic development, sense gratification, or liberation from the material world, he is awarded these results. Purport. Devotional service is so potent that one who renders devotional service can receive whatever he likes as a benediction from the Supreme 
personality of Godhead. The conditioned souls are very much attached to the material world, and thus by performing religious rites, they want the material benefits known as Dharma and Artha. Text 61 If one is very serious about liberation, he must stick to the process of transcendental loving service, engaging 24 hours a day in the highest stage of ecstasy. And he must certainly be aloof from all activities of sense gratification. Purport There are different stages of perfection according to different persons' objectives. Generally, people are karmis, for they engage in activities of sense gratification. Above the karmis are the jnanis, who are trying to become liberated, liberated from material entanglement. Yogis are still more advanced because they meditate on the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And above all these are the devotees who simply engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. They are situated seriously on the topmost platform of ecstasy. Here Dhruva Maharaj is advised that he has no desire for sense gratification. Here Dhruva Maharaj is advised that if he has no desire for sense gratification, then he should directly engage himself in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. The path of apavarga, or liberation, begins from the stage called moksha. In this verse, the word vimuktaye, for liberation, is especially mentioned. If one wants to be happy within this material world, he may aspire to go to the different planet, material planetary systems where there is a higher standard of sense gratification. But real moksha, or liberation, is performed without any such desire. This is explained in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu by the term anyabila shita shunyam without desire for material sense gratification. For persons who are still inclined to enjoy material life in different stages or on different planets, the stage of liberation in Bhakti Yoga is not recommended. Only persons who are completely free from the contamination of sense gratification can execute Bhakti Yoga or the process of devotional service very purely. The activities on the path of apavarga up to the stages of dharma, artha and kama are meant for sense gratification. But when one comes to the stage of moksha, the impersonalist liberation, the practitioner wants to merge into the existence of the Supreme. But that is also sense gratification. When one goes above the stage of liberation, however, he, he at once becomes one of the associates of the Lord to render transcendental loving service. That is technically called vimukti. For, the specific, for this specific vimukti liberation, Narada Muni recommends that one directly engage himself in devotional service. And that brings us to 8 o'clock. I know it goes fast. Uh, so we'll stop here, the reading, and we'll start tomorrow night with text 62. And wait with anticipation and patience for the reflections of the assembled devotees. Um, Hare Krishna Maharaj, so Hare Krishna. text 54, um, this was a nice text in purport, 
was quite revealing how Prabhupada reveals his um, philosophy and prerogative as Acharya about how he's um, conducting ISKCON and how there are minor differences in different centers in the world, but how it's all basically bona fide and mm. that mm. people shouldn't take this uh, dismissive attitude towards temples in the West mm. because he practically pointed out, I would imagine in the early days that there was no Tulsi anywhere. Like the way, I mean, they had to get it from somewhere, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the worship is lesser just seem like a really nice purport about that yeah this is the uh, this philosophy is very was especially at that time but even now is uh, understood uh, by very few people especially in India because they've got thousands of years of uh, tradition uh, conditioning them to think uh, not according to the Varnasham system as created by Krishna, but as perverted by particularly the Brahmanas who are who became well, after Sringi uh, cursed Maharaj Pariksit, the Brahmana community fell. That was the first fall down, the Brahmana community. And uh, as a result their pride in their position and their insistence that persons who are born of them become qualified automatically and only they are qualified automatically to worship the Lord uh, created a situation that was so uh, perverted that even when uh, the Hindus were being either forcibly or by trick uh, to convert to some other Islam or Christianity or some other sectarian religion. Uh, they just let it go on. There was no, they didn't have any program for uh, reforming them. And therefore, Srila Prabhupada and also our previous acharyas um, blame the Brahmanas for the degradation, not anybody else. So, yeah, so Srila Prabhupada picked up this truth from, from the scriptures and uh, propagated it everywhere. You know, God is God. Gold is gold. Gold that comes from one country isn't called Indian gold or UK gold or American gold. Gold is gold. So God is God. And pure devotional service is pure devotional service. And that's the uh, potency that Srila Prabhupada had to adjust things to time and circumstance without breaking the basic principles and in that way spreading Christian culture, making it available to everyone. That is our duty. Thank you for bringing that up. These are like gems in the Prabhupada's purpose. Well, I was going to say the same kind of thing because what Prabhupada what stands Prabhupada apart from everybody mm. is that his purports, his explanations to the scriptures are not only philosophically perfect but he also brings in that practical uh, application and how he's applied it and how other people think about that so it's like just brings everything, zooms everything into the, mm. the mm. reality of, mm. of our day-to-day -day life mm. uh, in a very simple and easy to understand way and that's something I haven't seen anybody else do, mm. any of the Acharyas, which is why Prabhupada was the only empowered Acharya to spread this movement in the Western countries. Nobody else could do it before, and nobody's been able to do it like him since. Yes. 
it's like when somebody does something for the first time that's it nobody else can do it for the first time and those who are trying to uh, they're just imitating but they can't do it in the same way to the same degree the same we said we had Rathyatri here so ecstatic there's no other group in the world that can put on a Rathyatri like that there's no other group in the world that can have kirtans on the streets which cause people to dance in ecstasy like this ISKCON movement so to not take that into consideration means that they're blind yeah. as a bat you know yeah. blind as an owl refusing to open the eyes in the sunshine thinking there's no sun to be able to open just even one temple in a lifetime is a great achievement in one country. Yes. So it's just off the chart. It's incomparable what Prabhupada has achieved. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. And that's the proof. Krishna Nahi Tara Prabhartan. You can't spread Krishna consciousness unless you're empowered by Krishna. Therefore, especially if a person criticizes him for doing that, oh, spiritual whereabouts unknown yes so we're very 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 fortunate to have been uplifted by Srila Prabhupada and his purports are non-different than his as it was saying in this in the this is my reflection as the purports were saying form of the Lord in you know here now we have forms of the Lord just photographs and there the other day Raj Balaba came in and he looked at one of the forms of Krishna and he said it's 3D Maharaj what's happening what did you do I said no no that's the way it is that's what happens when you worship him properly you know our Abhayda Brahmachari worships this altar so nicely you can feel the presence of the deities you can see it feel it, taste it it's just in, inconceivably sweet what to speak of all the nice decorations and flowers that they get on their morning walks every morning <laughs> so yeah, so Prabhupada's purports are like that the sound is empowered and it's worshipable and and the Bhagavatam is literally an incarnation a sound incarnation of Krishna so if we worship these books by hearing them attentively and with a worshipful mood in the assembly of devotees comes to life uplifts us purifies us encourages us and brings us together in a way that nothing else can thank you Dhamma thank you Hare Krishna Okay, first is from Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj. We are so happy that you have such a good situation there to be able to do your devotional service. All glories to Abhaya Das Brahmachari. And then in parentheses it says, please do read this, Prabhu. Rati, you've done it again. You got that right. Of course, Abai's clapping to us as we're <laughs> clapping to him, and that's the way it is. This is life. This is spiritual life. Thank you, Rati Manjari, for pointing this out. Next is from Gopakanya Devi Dasan. 
Yes, Gopakanya Devidasi. Jai Ho Maharaj, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. Thank you, dear Maharaj, for your glorious divine voice, which we are using for the glorification of Srimad Bhagavatam. Sure. Cheers to all assembled luxury hearers. Yes, cheers to all the hearers. Huh? Did you say luxury? Luxury. All the assembled luxury hearers. Luxurious hearers. Luxurious hearers. Hare Krishna. Next is from Radha Devi. Radha Devi. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. To you too. And from Ananda Murti. Ananda Murti. Hare Krishna. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for readings of Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai Jai. In this age we are especially advised to chant the Hare Krishna mantra as enunciated in the Shastra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you Nandamurti for your sterling example. She has a full-time job and she distributes Prabhupada's books during lunchtime and after work every day. Hare Krishna. Next is from Subarao. Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your Nityam Bhagavatam Sevaya. I have a question from yesterday's reading. In verse 53, quote, One may receive a published mantra anywhere, but unless it is accepted through the chain of disciplic succession, <coughs> the mantra does not act. It is said by authoritative sources that any mantra chanted without having been received from the disciplic succession has no efficacy. Unquote. How do I understand this, Maharaj? As I am following the sadhana part particularly chanting 16 rounds and observing regulatory principles for the last five years, even though I am not initiated yet because of association with devotees here in Minneapolis. Will it have efficacy? It has efficacy. Nam namakari bahudani jasarvishaktis chacharapita niyamataks maranenakamaha Itadrishi tapakripa bhagavan mamapi durdaivam idrishamiha janina nuragaha. But we won't get the full effect. The, the Lord is not different from the Holy Name. The, the Holy Name has all the potencies of the Lord. Just like the Lord's in our heart, with, with anyone's heart. But He manifests Himself only in the heart of one who is pure. So similarly, the Holy Name reveals itself, reveals Himself only to those who agree to receive them from an authorized devotee. It's like a current. Uh, this is the Lord's will, the Lord's mercy. So, yes, you do get benefit when you chant, but you get the full benefit when you take the initiation, and part of it is taking a vow in front of the spiritual master, in front of the deities, in front of the fire, in front of the Vaishnavas, in front of the guru, uh, and fulfilling that vow. And what that does is it pleases Krishna and it convinces Krishna that we're serious. So you do get benefit. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to hear like you do and give these wonderful reflections that you do every night. No question about it. But still it's recommended to take initiation. There's a wonderful purport that you can read. Uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya Lila, uh, chapter 15, 
108. There Srila Prabhupada describes how the Mahamantra doesn't, you don't, it, it, it's, initiation is not needed, but that is for a liberated soul. But because we're not liberated souls, because we still have material contaminations, we need to take initiation. We need to follow the regular principles. We need to worship the deities and chant the name after it is received from the spiritual master through the parampara. This is the system. The Lord Chaitanya chanted the holy name into the atmosphere of this world and those who heard from him, they became fully pure devotees. And those who heard from those persons became devotees. Those who came from those persons who heard and so on, down to us, down to Prabhupada, only nine persons removed. Therefore, this is the way the holy name agrees to manifest itself in, in the world. And if we take it seriously, then our spiritual advancement is uh, accelerated. Hare Krishna. Next is from Sarvagya. Yes, Sarvagya. Maharaj, we read in the purport, Dhruva Maharaj did not pray for any material benefit, but in the beginning he prayed for some material benefit. Then later on, as soon as he see the Lord, he gave up, right? He gave up? No, he... he when he saw the Lord, then he realized that what he was looking for. And therefore he refused to ask for the things he was going to ask for before he did his austerities. I don't know if that answers the question clearly. It hasn't come to this point yet. In, in the in the reading, it hasn't come to this point yet. The Lord has revealed Himself to Dhruva, and or is He talking to Narada? No, Narada is talking to Dhruva. Yeah, Narada is talking to Dhruva, and then Narada is going to follow. I mean, Dhruva is going to follow, and then he's going to see the Lord. And then he's going to give up the desires that he had before he uh, started his worship. But the Lord blessed Dhruva with the fulfillment of all of his desires and more. We'll see that in a few days. He says... Karat Maharaj, thank you so much. Hare Krishna. And Subarao also says, thank you, Maharaj. And from Daitari Hari? Daitari Hari Prabhu Ki Jai. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thanks for tonight's reading. It was really nice hearing... Prabhupada elaborating on how to worship the deities. He always gives the essence, the acknowledgement he gives of application of things according to time and place and circumstances, not just on this topic, but in all areas of spiritual life, is really important. Mm -hmm. This approach really encourages devotees to feel human instead of feeling like we're part of a ritualistic cult has to arbitrarily follow rules mechanically. Hmm. The end result, though, is that standards end up being hmm. higher than in pretty much every traditional traditional Hindu temple I've seen, because hmm. things are done out of love. Nirvajadam is a perfect example. It has its own unique flavor, but the deity standards are world-renowned. 
despite the fact that Shiva Ramaswamy himself says he's no expert in deity worship standards in terms of how to do the rituals in a precise manner. We obviously still have to act to particular standards, but it's nice to see how Prabhupada's mood rubs off on his disciples and the practical result of that. I also see how this applies to your altar and your ashram. Yes, well, Gopi Pranadana Prabhu had something very nice to say about this, which I may, by the permission of the Vaishnavas, repeat in this assembly. Uh, he made the point that even though we were not qualified to worship deities for so many reasons, uh, when Prabhupada would install a deity, he would pray to the deity. I know that my followers are not qualified in all ways, but I'm asking you to accept their worship. And this is the this is the process. This is the process. That because a person of Srila Prabhupada's stature, who is so dear to Srila Prabhupada to, to Krishna that he feels obliged to uh, fulfill the, the, the desires and, of, and the promises of his devotee. Uh, therefore, we can worship the deities, even though we're not so qualified. That's Srila Prabhupada's special mercy. Hare Krishna. That's from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. This week I have been trying to get up early and chant most of my rounds in the morning. By your mercy, by your mercy, the past three days I have been able to do it, which gives me joy and relief. Mm. I do get tired more early, and tonight I laid while listening to the reading, and for some time I drifted off to sleep. Uh, when I woke up again, I was amazed to hear Srila Prabhupada preach so wonderfully this philosophy of Krishna consciousness. I realized how rare and amazing it is that I am even able to hear this <sighs> and understand it a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for keeping Srila Prabhupada alive for all of us by reading his books out loud to us. I also really like to see how when you have dear devotees visiting you, you look around to everyone so lovingly. The obvious spiritual love between all of you greatly increases my faith in the process and the power of Krishna consciousness, <laughs> bringing me all that I hanker for. Thanks, Rati. That's why we like your reflections so much, because they're very nice. Thank you so much. And it's true that uh, when devotees come together, an associate and loving devotional service, there's nothing like it. The atmosphere uh, is so rich and sweet and endearing. Hare Krishna, thank you. It's spiritually potent. Next is from Kaladripati. Kaladripati. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for reading tonight. One of the main points that stood out for me was the point Vrajbalava mentioned. I also really appreciated Prabhupada's strong desire to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world without restriction. And this is a quote. The principle that only Indians and Hindus should be brought into the Vaishnava cult is a mistaken idea. There should, be the there should be propaganda to bring everyone to the Vaishnava cult. The Krishna consciousness movement is made for this purpose. Hare Krishna, thank you for bringing up that gem so we can look at it again. Contemplate it. Thank you. Well, what can I say? I'm again swept off my feet by the profundity of the uh, reflections. And I especially like it when devotees point out sentences or thoughts or paragraphs or whatever. 
and they're like jewels that we can all bring out and look at and relish again and again. This is exactly what Srila Prabhupada wanted us to do. It will bring us closer. It will make us our hearts uh, sweet and and soft and enable us to feel a compassion for those who don't who haven't shared this uh, nectar. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Go. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic as Dhruva Maharaj performs his austerities and becomes perfect. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow. <laughs>